Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Vanessa. And this is Script to Script 10. Yes, we finally made it to double digits. Hooray. It's amazing. Now, so what, what, what do we got today? Today we're doing a little bit of Chick Lit, uh, Austin Land by Shannon Hale. And that would be Austin Land as in Jane Austen. Yay. Wait, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Well, I guess you are a man, so you wouldn't understand the beauty of that of timeless Jane, romance. That, that Jane Austen, nobody gets laid story. Yes. The famous, the yeah, anyway. Which, in the last, mm, I'd say decade, Jane Austen has just become super, super popular again. Jane Austen has, in a lot of ways, become the marker for the female fedoras, in my opinion. The women who are like, I read Jane Austen and Jane Eyre, and oh my god, I am kind just of, so romantic. Because they're, neckbeards do the whole white knighting thing. Right. And then Austen-obsessed women are expecting the white knight. So so they'd almost welcome that kind of behavior because it's, you know, chivalry isn't dead. Yeah. That malarkey. Yeah. And clearly it is in our relationship. Naturally. If, if it was ever there to begin with. Yeah, naturally. But yes, I have I've actually read and watched a number of Jane Austen things lately. I think almost and and it's always referenced, it seems like whenever I I read or watch in these pieces is the version the miniseries with Colin Farrell. Colin Firth, you mean? Or Firth, yes. The I little always different. Get the, um, I always do that because they both it's Colin and then F and they're both you're better English at names than I. You're whatever. better at names than I am, and you're the one that gets that wrong. I know. So if you ever give me shit, I'm gonna well, point you, and I'm gonna remind you. You said that. And both are hot. I will say that. But his whole Mr. Darcy thing when he goes in the water and then transparent shirt because it doesn't. It's, it's not just for. It's basically the boat. It's basically his like you know like the Bond girl getting out of the water kind of thing. Same thing. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Like oh my god. And they do they do show it in the movie, and I think they do mention it in the book as well. Maybe? Maybe. Don't recall very well. But anyway, so this book, it's not that old. I think it's from 07, maybe? Pretty much. And I I listened to this on audio shortly after it came out, I think. My sister got it. And I actually, I really enjoy it. Mainly because of the narrator that does it. She does such a great job with the characters. Because it, it's a fairly basic story. It's not like it's anything truly amazing. But it, you know, humorous characters and stuff like that. And it got picked up and made into a movie two years ago. Unfortunately, Stephanie Meyer's studio. Which is horrible to think that she has that or... Uh. Yeah, it did. It, it made the movie just that much worse. It kind, it kind of tainted things. It did. It really, it really did. did. Uh. I almost wish I hadn't said anything to you about that. Yeah, that kind of put a cast of pallor over the whole evening as we were watching it, which was unfortunate. Anyway, uh, the book and movie start actually different, where the the explanation for how she ends up at Austin Land is different, and Austin Land itself. Yeah, really, and and the character, just the way she feels about Mister Darcy and. Jane Austen and everything. Because in the book, she's ashamed of her obsession. She doesn't want people to know. Because yeah. what, what is it? She's early 30s, like 33, I yeah, think, in both. 33, 32, something like that. Like, 
just you know just on the old enough that all the women reading in the marketplace will pick it up but you know not so old they're like Ick, unbelievable yeah she's 40 no way but in the in the movie she, same age and everything but yeah she probably has like a notebook it shows her i think in high school where like it her obsession started there where she'd have tea out of teacups and she has i heart mr darcy bag and on her notebook and just and you go in her house there's the colin firth cut out from the movie and this guy is trying to mac on her and she's too distracted because she has the miniseries on tv in the background yeah, yeah like, and it's just, just like, nope nope and yeah it's just if she were a furry she'd be a lifestyler she I think would. That would be a term yeah Absolutely. So she, in the book, her elderly great aunt, they meet up and she recognizes the obsession in Jane. And when she dies, she leaves a thing in her will. Because in the book, this place where you live out your kind of fantasies where it's Regency era England. So basically it's the, yeah, the land of when Austin would have been alive. Austin land. Right. With your Mr. Darcy's and the various other kind of romantic leads from her books are there. And you essentially fall in love over the course of, what is it, like a month? Like You're three there? weeks. Three yeah. weeks or a month. So this place is very secretive in the book. It's super exclusive. Yep. For, which is the best way to keep a theme park running yeah. is to make sure nobody knows about it. That's how Disneyland was such a hit. Yep. You know, nobody, nobody at all. Only about it. it catered to the ultra wealthy and not just the ultra wealthy but just ultra wealthy women uh, was there uh, yes there was the spitter uh, if i didn't take care you would have freaked out because it was crawling towards your drink you would have been uh, you're welcome thank you but it's still ah uh, you're okay <laughs> anyway uh, there could be one in my drink right now no i would have seen it i would have watched i keep an eye on your stuff for you that's my job Spider. That's... Uh, you, you okay? We ready to keep going? <laughs> have, we, have we ruined the review thanks to the just random Let me bark. curl up in a corner and just... You're not the one who almost drank an earwig, so... And <laughs> kept going, so... Keep that in mind. See, now I really don't want to drink it, because now I feel it's like there's going to be fine. a spider in it. it was... Or an earwig. <laughs> okay. You have failed me as a protector of this home. No. Stop the spider. Thank you. Thank you for getting the spider. I appreciate would it. You read, I was gonna say, I would you rather... You did not kill the one in the sink last night. I went I went to the sink this morning, and it was still sitting in the same spot, so it just got moved around by the water, and then it was just chilling there again. Okay. I finally killed it. Congratulations. Yeah, that's one for the wall. Anyway, where are we at? There was a spider coming towards me. It wanted my eye juices. <laughs> Clearly. That's why they do that. So back to the uh, <laughs> yes. So yes, exclusive park caters only fifty percent of the potential people out there. Yes. And then again, no one knows about it. In the movie, that makes more. It makes more sense. Like it's a little like people know about it. Like the travel agent's trying to sell her on this, and she has to like forego like a new car and a whole bunch of her life savings to make it happen. Yep. Which that seemed a little more realistic and important to me. Because it's like, if you have this character going through this, where she's going to go on this trip, it feels like it should mean something rather than, you know, a windfall from an inheritance, basically. Yeah, although in the book it it works for the character, because 
said she didn't pay for it, it's almost part of, part of her fights to really get into the whole experience. And then you well, know, part she of wants her to grow up out of it. Yeah. She's just like, well, I'll be done with this, and I'll never, I'll never be obsessed again, and I'll be, I'll, I'll leave it all behind. And then the other part of her is like, well, I didn't pay for this though. Like, I'm. It's hard to. It would almost be harder in a way to immerse yourself if you didn't pay for it. You didn't choose to have the experience. Perhaps, yeah. And it works with her trying to figure out what's real in her life, what's not, what's real about this place, what's not. And she, I mean, she quickly learns that, I mean, they're actors. Yeah, that's, that's their whole job. Yeah. Or are they? Or are they acting? Oh, huh? Who knows? Oh my god. It's, it's like Inception, but with so many more layers of bean burrito dip. When it comes to the movie, overall, I think they did a pretty good job casting it. Yeah. I I liked the actors. The the problem is is that in the book I could almost accept things a little bit more in the movie it was harder. And I think it's almost because partially because I think the studio since it it is a newer one, Stephanie Myers. Right. It has almost that cheap look and feel about it that I get sometimes from movies. More often I get them with teen movies. And romantic comedies, and that, right. and it is a romantic comedy. But yeah, it like like here's a here's a thing that really still like right away baffled me. So she goes into Austin Land. There's a bunch of like dudes lined up in powdered wigs, you know, period, you know, attire out front of the house that she's going to be staying at. And I couldn't tell if it was a joke that the wigs didn't fit and you could see their regular hair or not. Like I couldn't tell. It was like, is this? supposed to be like a moment where we're supposed to t- giggle or is this because it's a bad movie yeah you know or cheap movie i, I don't know I'm, I'm confused well the so she gets there she gets to england and mrs wattlesbrook is the one that owns she's it. like the proprietor yes and it, in the book there's but, a separate character that when she gets to the house she's staying at for the week or yeah. the, the few weeks uh they just replace her with Mrs. Waddlesbrook. So not not only is she the owner of this place, she also is the... she. What is it? In, she's supposed to be like her... They make up kind of fake roles almost with the girls. Right. Or like the she, women. She's supposed to be like uh, an uh, like a... An aunt or something? Yeah. But like, they changed that in the movie where uh, Mr. Nobly. Right. So there's Mrs. Waddlesbrook, her husband... And again, they change it with Sir Templeton in the book, but then just Mr. Waddlesbrook in the movie. There's probably the best character, Miss Charming, who's supposed to be like a 50-year-old woman that's pretending to be in her 20s. Yeah, because she doesn't want to be old, which which yeah. is funny in the book. She says it like flat out, like, I didn't pay all this money to be 50 again. Yes. And and, uh, and honestly, the lady they have in the movie, she's she's awesome. She's like the whole. She's the whole reason, like, to watch the movie. Like, if you were ever held at gunpoint and said to pick a chick flick at your entire life, you could say Austin Land because Jennifer Coolidge has these moments that are great. Here's one of my favorite lines: Just think about all the people that hang themselves when she's trying to cheer up, cheer up our main character. It's great. It was just a moment. She does that. Well, the beauty was, if you read the trivia, she she improvised a lot of her stuff. So it was really funny. Most people would probably recognize her as the MILF from the American Pie movies. Right. But she she does a lot of 
character roles in movies. She's very good at it. She's she was great in this. Literally, like I was like I the the whole like the, for the movie I was like okay this is gonna be bland. She shows up. I actually laughed. I was like yeah. okay good. I don't feel like this is gonna be quite such a slog. Uh, Overall, one of the listeners is asking how they portrayed England. They almost didn't show any of England because it all takes place on this park that's supposed to be you know set for. 200 250 years ago so it's not going to be anything like modern england right they just do a couple of the random generic like here's the airport in yeah LA. and here's That's you know some of the which which i like that guards the few, and... the few things they show like outside of like the park they don't like go the whole stereotype like having everyone talk like a you know Dick Van Dyke, you yeah. know, chimney sweep. Well, and that's what's funny, though, is Miss Charming, she keeps trying to do this, this English thing. English. And it's just basically her going like, oh, tally-ho. Chip-chip and whatnot. Cheerio. Oh, rather. Just, yeah, so almost you, you saw Mary Poppins or you saw some horrible British soap opera from the 60s. And you're like, oh, I'll just... I watched Are You Being Served once. I'll do that accent. Okay, yeah. good luck with that. Uh, so she's just all over the map. It's it's. I mean, yeah. that's that's part of the book, too. They parallel that pretty well. Yeah. There's Amelia Hartwright, who in the movie, she's also living with them, but in the book, she's actually in a separate house. Because the house that the main character's in, it turns out there are a number of different homes with different men there right different and, scenarios you can pay through yep and the one her aunt must have paid for is basically i think the top of the line one so she got in like the main house and right. it's only her and miss charming along with the gentleman but then you have the men who oh and amelia is one of those two where she can't figure out she assumes she's truly falling in love because that's the whole point it's it's not you're hooking up with these men. It's you're supposed to get that feeling of of romance, of falling in love with someone, of handholding a storybook story romance. Yes, it, without it doesn't have, and then it's supposed to all culminate at the very end at the big ball. And the guys like in the in the movie they make that a little more clear because like the guys are supposed to at the end like you know whoever the women have picked. Uh, like propose to them yes you know the finale if you will and then it's the end of their stay you know ends with a bang not literally i mean i guess it could and i mean i could i could see a place like this almost kind of working because a lot of times that's what made cafes seem to be where it's it's just the attention and i'm sure for a lot of these women especially if they are married to rich successful men they either married for the money or their husbands are probably so busy working to keep making that money that they almost never see them. Right. And just to feel wanted. Which, and that's not a horrible thing. It's very human. And I could see someplace like that maybe working to a point. But like you said, it makes more sense in the movie where it's a destination the average person could go to. Right. And that's where, yeah. Because she only affords the basic package and that's why she gets like the orphan dress and yeah well in both she sneaks a cell phone in right and that bites her in the ass later almost gets her thrown out because you can't bring modern stuff but then someone stands up and says no no i i brought the cell phone i asked her to hold it oh well we'll just forget about this it's okay yeah which which is actually it i like how that was actually a bit of a chekhov's gun yes 
you know, like that actually pays off later. Like there's a re- reason that rather than just having it show up, because it was one of those moments like, okay, what's going on? Well, in, in the movie, does she actually even use it? No, she doesn't. There's no reason for her to have it other than the book had it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if she used it, like, to maybe text her friend, like, oh, my God, I'm having so much fun, or, oh, my God, this is nerve-wracking. Or maybe they filmed something, and then they cut it. Who knows? It's hard to say. Well, because then there's there's the men. Uh, there's Mr. Nobly, who is, he's the most Darcy-like. And for those of you that don't know, Mr. Darcy is the, the romantic lead in Pride and Prejudice. And it, it makes every woman just moist as a sponge cake or something i don't know i don't i don't quite know why there is such an obsession is he, is about he supposed him. to be like moody and aloof and that's the whole yeah. thing like he has that broody artist thing going on where he just sits there and scowls and maybe he he basically nigs you for lack of a better term yeah because i think i think in the i don't know if it's a book or just the movie because i i will admit i really love the Kira knightley version of pride and prejudice but that's because they just did such a great job with the movie itself. I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, I believe. But, and it has Donald Sutherland. Come on. I give it that, I guess. Yeah. But at one point he says, against my better judgment, I love you. Which is like, oh, okay. And she even calls him on that. Like, oh, you expect me to swoon when you just said against your better judgment? And I think that's also a little bit of it, too, is that she kind of is like, go fuck yourself a little bit. So it's, you know, eventually she does get tamed by a man. So it's all good. I guess. But, and then, so he he's the one that she's trying to figure out who he is and what's his story and what's going on. Because it seems almost like he's not acting. Because he's very dismissive. Yeah. But, but then she's wondering if he's trying to do that whole Darcy thing. And the, then there's... The Darception, if yeah. you will. <laughs> There's Colonel Andrews, and he, I liked him. In the, he was fun. He was also yes. a fun character. Because he, he immediately becomes a target of Miss Charming, and just how clearly upset he is by the whole thing. Yes. You know, just, and of course, the part where what, Amelia's singing, and he's twitching, like he's trying to, like, that, that, that was wonderful. Yeah. Mm, yes. And you find out later, he's actually gay, which makes it even funnier. Right. Which is why something like that would work, though, is if all you're supposed to get with the girl or the woman is uh, an engagement with maybe a bit of gentle kissing. Right. You could do that. And then there's is it Captain West. Captain West, yes. They or bring w- some direction. Not, they, not north or south, because yeah. that might be eluding. They bring him yeah. in later, because for a while, at least in the book, where... Uh, there are three women and only two men. So it's causing a bit of a problem. Because overall, I guess we should say Jane is our main character. We didn't even say her name, did we? Yeah, Jane. Jane. Uh, she Jane Hayes. But then she's Jane. Something I can't think of her. Her fake name they come up with. Starts er, with erstwhile. Yeah. Erstwhile. Hooray. And... And Miss Charming is upset because there's, it's hard to get time and attention from two men when there are three women. So they eventually bring in this Captain. Did you find East. out? East. Yeah. And and in the book, it makes sense that they bring him back because he actually was the love interest for Amelia 
the previous year because Amelia is, I think it's her third year there. Third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah, basically, and she blows like a fuck ton of money yeah. on the park. So they cater to her. They're like, all right, all right, we'll bring this dude back so you can, you know, screw him. Because she like basically admits the very end, like later, like that she, you know, screws him like in a hotel, like outside of the park. Yeah. You know. She's like, totally worth it, you know, risking the lack of alimony payments or whatever, is what yeah. she says. Something along those lines. Oh, no, no. She said it'd be worth to risk it. If, I don't think she did, but she was saying she would. But Hoorah. I'm trying to think. Oh, and then, of course, there's also Martin. Right. And Martin isn't one of the actual gentlemen in the house. He's, in the book, he's one of the gardeners. Because they, they have to have people doing the regular stuff, maids, right, cooks. Right, because they can't have, like, a dude running around with a leaf blower, you know. Yeah. Taking taking care of the lawn. Oh, it's a lovely day in Reach to England. As the guy's, like, riding the riding mower by. Yeah. You know? It's like, we kind of throw things off. So they have they have a dude actually going out there, like, hedge clippers and shit. Yep. Yeah. In the movie, it's he's a stable, a groomsman, I guess. For like yeah, because he, he does stuff with the horses, but then... It almost seemed like he was doing a couple things. Because he also picked them up from the airport, which I thought was weird. But we'll allow it. Small uh, cast. Why yeah. Not? Hey, they pick him up in a Ro- he picks them up in a Rolls Royce. Yes. Looks modified. Because it was like a convertible. Well, no, convertibles of that, that year. The 1920s Phantom, for those of you who really care. Uh, it's the lanterns I wasn't sure if were, were an available option or not. It's hard to say. So many with, custom, with older vehicles like that, especially ones that are highly limited, it's hard to tell you what came standard. A, a Rolls-Royce expert could probably tell you. Yep. But anyway. But yeah, so the first few nights, she's kind of going along with it, and then it, it becomes pretty obvious that they're not really going to cater to her as much or just not put forth the effort as... The people actually spending money because she keeps having to like sit by herself, enter the the dining room by herself because there there are very the, strict rules of how basically people are paired up. In in, in the book, era. they kind of explain that. Yes, is that Waddlesbrook is like done background checks on her. Is like, yeah, you're probably never gonna be able to afford to come back here, so fuck you. Yep, she's kind of dismissive. And different reasoning in the movie. But same thing. It's like, eh, I don't think you'll be able to afford it here again, so piss off. Yes. Basically. So she starts to get a little disenchanted with the whole theme park, the, the ride that isn't happening. Yeah. You know? And she starts wanting to, she kind of like hears like the, the gardener, Martin. In the book, she hears him playing a basketball game. In the yes. Movie, in the movie, he's listening to like 80s soft rock. And he's playing a saxophone. He's, right. Uh so she's like, hey, don't mind if I just join you and hang out. I feel like a little break from the whole, you know, regency thing. So she hangs out with him and like, oh, my God, we're so totally. And then she makes out with him. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm in love. Yeah. Because I'm dumb. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but the big change, I think, would have to be Captain East then. Cause okay. Because we mentioned that he's then, he's black, actually, in the movie. Right. Which part of me, like, it's great that they threw in someone that wasn't white, but at the same time, like, if they're supposed to be going with Regency era, like, history and have things be as accurate as possible, that doesn't strike me as, like, I, I can see black men being captains back then, but not, not, invited. not courting or, yeah, being invited to a high society right. There white would probably gathering. be a stigma behind that. And that's, yeah. that's one of those things, like, 
I'm surprised they didn't make any jokes about it, like how, you know, I don't know. Like, it felt like it was ripe, like, ripe for, like, making some jokes about the period, or at least, you know, pointing out that that's, you know, a thing that they kind of ignore because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. They just want, they just have the big thing, the big focus is not so much the race, just the attractive guys and to satisfy any woman's taste. Well, in the, in, in the movie, it made sense, too, where he's supposed to be a known soap opera actor. Right, like, he's, he's on his way up. Yes. But because What's-Her-Face likes him so much, he's, you know, a little, like, they threw extra money at him to show up for, like, one more time. Yeah. Right. Okay. That that makes... I was behind that, that plot. Yeah. I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and I like his whole thing where he just, like, the Miss Charming spills a little bit of her drink and he just whips his shirt right just off instantly. and, like, starts Shirts dabbing like, oh my God, face. Me... And then <sighs> Mr. Noli's just like, for God's sake, use a napkin. At least use a... Just use a handkerchief. Because there are tons of guys like that who just instantly like, oh my god, I mean, it's just, oh my god, I tripped and fell, let me take my shirt off. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So one thing I did like, just overall, and they kind of touch on the movie, but not as well as they do in the book, is just how boring life would probably have been during that period without entertainment. Mm -hmm. Because she constantly, like, like, actually goes through things like, wow, like, we're playing whist, which is, you know, apparently an early version of Bridge, basically. Or... They're working on their reading or their sewing or yeah. let's go for another stroll around the grounds. Cause Where basically if you didn't have a, like if you were a noble person, didn't have a job, God, you'd be bored out of your fucking mind just yeah. completely. I will say the hardest part about watching the movie was the horses. Dear God. And not, not because I dislike horses or they, the horses look bad on screen. It's because... Our damn dog. Uh, I don't know what is with him, but lately, whenever a horse appears on screen, he loses his shit. Lately? He's been doing this forever. It's just gotten no, worse. it has. It's just he goes into overdrive, and next thing you know, he's running and slamming himself against the entertainment center. Like, he needs to help that horse get, I don't know, off screen? Get away? Come play with him? I don't know. I don't know. You weird dog. You're a weird dog. Luckily, there wasn't a ton of horses. It was mainly at the beginning, but yeah. Oh, dear God. Yeah. It's made it nigh unwatchable for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Tim picked him up and calmed him down. Yeah. <sighs> Even then, he was softly whining the entire time. He was. Like, the big dogs need to play with me. Yeah. Something in the book that the movie didn't have, and I think this, this spoke to her character pretty well, was the fact in the book periodically it's going through all of her her boyfriend she's had well what she considers her yes boyfriend, what she counts not really boyfriends yeah where it's the kind of thing where it's like oh this boy we in middle school we uh gave valentines to each other and we would pick each other for like partner dances and things like that where you know it was maybe a crush and you'd get to that point where maybe eventually you'd date, but it definitely was not boyfriend-girlfriend. Or the guy she went on a single date with shortly after college, and then it turns out that he was picked by his girlfriend, bet him that he couldn't get the first girl that he saw to fall in love with him or something. Right, so, which is, you know, all a very, uh, she's all that kind of thing. Yeah. Which... Was kind of baffling, but 
The thing I liked about that in the book is they're kind of demonstrating, and it really feels like they're taking a lot of jabs at romantic comedies, honestly. And, at, like, women build up this actual ideal of, like, a Mr. Darcy. Yeah. It just makes me look back at all of my boyfriends then. There was, there was a guy in college who randomly knocked on my door, and we watched Adult Swim for two hours, and then he left. We didn't even touch each other. There, there was nothing. So he was a boyfriend. Naturally. There was, there was a guy in the liquor store where I worked, where he came in at the beginning of my shift and didn't leave for the six hours I worked. So that that was a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Yep. At the very least, a good creeper. Yeah. Oh, and then the guy at the uh, amusement park I worked at where he sat down at my table on one break and just started licking an ice cream cone. Didn't say anything to me. Just stared at me while licking an ice cream cone. That, like, that was my favorite boyfriend. He's like, see, see, I have a tongue. Would yep. you like to know what else I can do with it? I could stick it in a light socket. <laughs> Done that once or twice. That's why I got this cool hair. But be yeah, my girlfriend. And a few of them that she talks about would be considered actual boyfriends. Like guys she's dated. Yeah. Okay. Or like a guy she thought what. But it know. would just be like, I think, what was it, like a total of like 13 or 14, it would just be like, boyfriend number four. And then it would just kind of give a brief description of kind of their relationship and where it turned to shit. Yeah. And why it didn't work out. And, of course, they bring out the one trope in one, like, so-and-so, gay. Hilarious. Ha. It's the one moment where I wanted to kind of put a bullet in my mouth. I was just like, dear God. I did hate that. It's like, yeah, we get... It's like, look, not every romantic, like, heroine in a romantic comedy could possibly just be dating, like, that many gay guys who are either hiding or what. I don't know. But well, that's the Christ. thing, saying gay. It's like, did he know he was gay and he tried dating you? Did he realize he was gay in the process of dating you did he cheat on you with some dude like i don't know give us a little bit more just yeah. say gay just say gay like what is that <laughs> yeah it does because it seems like yeah he doesn't meet my criteria because he's gay <laughs> i don't know i mean it's uh, not i mean that's that's a that's a legitimate reason not to date like if you're a heterosexual woman it's just that it seemed kind of i don't know weird it's just weird. But that's why in the book, I think it works so well, because she and, and Martin, the gardener, are they hook up for a few nights in a row. No, well, they make out and just hang out. When I say hook up, that kind of implies maybe sex or something, and that's not what happened. And she, like, runs into him during the day, and he tells her, listen, we can't be together anymore. Or we have to or, be or we can't We can't hang out because... I got in trouble. Yeah, they they discovered the TV, so I can't be caught fraternizing with you. And she's like, oh, so are we breaking up? And he responds, I didn't know we were going out. So it kind of shows her always assuming if she does anything with a guy, she automatically elevates it to well, a relationship. Well, because they're, they're showing, and they do that same in the movie, is that she has this sort of obsession with love and romance and she immediately invests so much of herself in something based on a few things which don't necessarily mean anything right away or they're just the entry-level parts of a relationship at best and she gets all crazy about it yeah well in both the movie and the book sir templeton slash mr waddles Creep, creepy old bad guy tries to make a move on her because he's he's a drunk and then she i think kicks him in the balls in both the, yeah. The bullocks. And then he gets replaced. Bullocks. Well, he gets taken out, so to speak. Yes. His character gets sent to the apothecaries, and he'll be there for a couple of weeks recovering. Yep. Bye-bye, basically. Which I thought was fine. They actually came up with a, like a story yeah. to fit his removal. But then 
in both after the whole thing was Mart with Martin, she decides to just throw herself head first into it. Like, you know what? I'm here. I really need to experience this for better or for worse. It's it it's something. It's, it's my week. Yeah. Only like three weeks. I got like two, you know, two left or whatever at this point. So she starts to play along. Hooray. Yep. And she kind of starts. Well, this that's when they like find the cell phone and she's gonna get kicked out. But then Amelia is like, oh no, that's my cell phone. I realize I had put it in my luggage. She was just holding on to me so I wouldn't be tempted to use it. You find out that Mr. Nobly told Amelia to say that. In the book, she actually uses the cell phone because she reaches out to her friend to try to get a read on some people. And she finds out that there's someone that probably is Mr. Nobly, but she's not sure. Mr. Henry Jenkins, I think his name is. Yeah. And find out that his ex-wife was a crazy bitch and cheated on him and did all these things and he kept forgiving her like killed his fish did all these weird things and then he finally what did there was like finally a final straw i think maybe her not wanting to have kids or something something like that and they divorced and so then it's her trying to figure out if this guy that's patient guy that just wouldn't give up on love could be this mr nobly which i'm i'm not upset that they took that whole thing part that part out yeah because i didn't really care about his backstory because he's he's not he's not really a character so in in either he's basically just the designated love interest so i, I couldn't give a shit about him one way or the other yeah really uh well and then they decide they're gonna do a play yeah as part of the thing they do a play before the before the ball the day before the ball as entertainment, because again, you ain't got a jack shit to do yep. if you ain't got a job and you're got money. And Jane and Mr. Nobly get paired because it's supposed to be a play where it's three groups of lovers or whatever. So in the well, it should also be said in a in the movie Amelia, they make her kind of weird. Where at one point after she helps her with the cell phone, she's like, "Oh, I need to confide in you," and she. She's actually just very strange. It was funny, but it was yeah. just like, what is going on? Where she's like, it's kind of like doing this hoppy, floppy, well, and then she basically prancing thing. Nails her into participating in the play for yeah. some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You just go with it. But in the so they do the play, and that's when she starts questioning things a little bit because. Uh, Mr. Nobly, he cannot act at all in the play. And she's like, well, if he's supposed to be an actor, he's, why can't he do what he's supposed to for this play? Why, why can't he just act and act? Yeah. Act that he's acting. God damn it. So then it's the, well, in, and then in the movie, Miss Charming accidentally hits Amelia in the eye with an arrow because it's like Cupid's bow or something. Yeah. Slapstick? I don't know. And then there's the night of the play, or no, not the night of the play, the night of the ball, which is the next night. And in both, Mr. Nobly confesses his love to her. And and it's just like, oh, well, I I want to, you know, be engaged or whatever, because I love you. And she turns him down. And to her, that's kind of like, you know what? I've got this out of my system. I've said no to Mr. Darcy. I've grown up enough that I can do that. Which is great. It's like, okay, yeah, she's... She's learned. She's experienced it. I liked in the movie because Charming and uh, Colonel Andrews get engaged, and then she 
totally wants to like make out and he's like no 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 like that's not proper <laughs> and he's stabbing her because clearly he's not interested in things that way then uh was it she in both then she finds martin and is like let's be together and they make plans to meet up in a hotel room the next day hang out to hang out yeah hang out at the very least like there's like, it's maybe implied there's some invitation to boning i don't know I think it's like maybe if it leads to that, because I think in her mind, it's like, you know what? I'd like to hang out. If it becomes something more, I wouldn't mind. But I, because she felt like she's like, you're real. Yeah, you are a genuine person. I like that about you. You're not one of those cardboard cutouts like in my apartment with the eyes cut out. Yeah, but it turns out that he was an actor too. He was an actor all along. See, Darcyception. Yeah, Darcyception. When will Mr. Darcy fall over? I don't know. If it's a dream, never. <laughs> because as Miss Waddlesbrook puts it, is that sometimes people like to slum it. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you know, we give you know, things for all occasions, just yeah. in case. But the, but the way she presents it, it's so bitchy, where basically she, like, knew, I don't know. She's just such a bitch about it. And then Jane kind of turns it around. It's like, oh, well... I'm going to write this piece on it, and I'm going to tell you the review is not going to be shiny. Yeah, in the book, that's what she says. In the movie, she's like, I'll tell everyone about the sexual assault. Yes. And then I'll ruin you. Which does make more sense. Right. So then Martin gets sent to smooth some feathers. And I liked it because they actually show where the actors hang out, where they have their off time, where it's by a pool and it's like some luau kind of thing. Right, they have someone grilling in the background. There's, like, you know, food and drinks hanging out. And that's where the men go, and they're like, you know, I'm going hunting for the day. I'll see you this evening. And that's where they go to, like, relax and take a moment. Which is also because, realistically, you'd have to have some place like that to unwind. Just be different. Like, there's a TV there, and it's just... It's just what you would have to almost have if you have people living where they're also working. Constantly. Yes. Especially in a, like, really stiff, constant acting... You'd have to be putting on all the time for the Regency era authenticity. Yep. And then, well, Jane's leaving. Miss Charming says she's going to buy the place because she in likes it so much. In the movie, yeah. Which, I don't even understand what that was about. Like, it just... I think mainly just to show the thing at the end, in the credits. Just, just to have, like, yeah, that credit wrap scene, I guess, yeah. for lack of a time. So, Ugh. in both the book and the movie, Jane's at the airport. All of a sudden, she hears Miss Erswile... Please come to the service desk. And she's kind of like, what the heck? And Martin's there. And he's like, no, listen. He's like, he's like yo, babe, we totally had something. Let's do it in my Camaro. What do yeah. you say? <laughs> we'll go to make out a point. Come on, babe. I, I, have got, a t- I, I have... got a fifth of peppermint schnapps in my flask. My brother bought it for me. Come on, let's go. That's hey, how you like it, right? Are you sure you wasn't driving it yourself? It's not the, nearly the, sexy the, enough. The sexiest of all vehicles. It is the most attractive it is, it is, in fact, the poon machine, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> as the Japanese called it. Poon, of course, is Japanese for virgin, right? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so then, she, well, she's turning on Martin. Nobody shows up. Yep. Or Henry. Yes. Here's a change I didn't like in, in the movie, is that it's supposed to be, like, his first, like, weekend there, and he's related to Miss Waddlesbrook or Miss Waddlesbrook? Yeah. He's like, I'm her, I, I'm, he's, cause he, like, he explained, like, I'm a history professor. I wanted to, uh, I don't know. Like, they don't really explain. He just, he's, he's, he's a professor, 
and he was there and for some reason he's related and you're like that's very weird where in the book it's like he's done it for four years and he's tired of going through the motions and basically he's thinking about quitting over, to begin with really yeah this is like his last gig and he's like oh my god i found this really special woman who's turned everything around like okay like that's a little maybe more believable yes i mean still ridiculous but it's closer to like something you can believe You're like okay so he's he's been and that that explains his bored affectation his just his rude demeanor he basically gives no fucks yeah really well and this is and then they do something they also change and I like the movie more for what they did versus the book. Because then she's she's just like, screw both of you. I'm done with all this. I'm going home to America. Screw you guys. I'm going home to America. Yep. So she gets on the plane. And then in the book, he shows up. He does the thing where America buys the last minute ticket, which is, I guess, a thing. Yeah. And they spend time talking on the way there. And they and then love, Yeah, and then the book ends with her... Because in the, in the book, she kept her Prime Precious DVDs hidden because she was embarrassed by it. And then it was while ordering food, she pulls out the DVDs and just puts them with the rest of them. Because she, she's no longer ashamed of her feelings about Austin. Because, you know, now, now they're just something she enjoys instead of kind of ruling her life. Versus in the movie, what I liked, she gets home. And I, I'm assuming it's supposed to be a week or so later. Right. And... Her friend's coming over, so she's in the middle of making tea when he shows up and then professes his love to her, and then they fall in love, and then it ends where it's, yeah, where it's basically also lands become this big amusement park, like, literally, with, like, rides, and it's kind of ridiculous with how Miss Charming is running it and just showing, you know, how in love they are and just all the various characters, and that's how it ends. So, yeah. Overall, what do you feel about the book? It was all right. Like I said, like, I really did feel like it was taking a lot of like jabs at the romantic, like the like the women who are obsessed with Austin, Jane Austen romance like things, and so that part was funny. Yeah. And overall, it was like I said that that was it wasn't. I didn't hate it. I wouldn't read it again, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's something I could say. Well, I guess I read that this year. Yeah, and it, it's weird because there is a sequel to it called Midnight at Austin. Which, it, it deals with a couple of the minor characters, like Miss Charming is back, Miss Waddlesbrook is there, but the the main character is a different woman. But that one's more of a murder mystery romance. It's kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, what about the movie? Like I said, there's some moments that are worth it. Really, Coolidge yeah. is honestly, like, she's, she's funny. The thing is, I, I think it's the acting that makes that movie. It's not... Not really. The it's not the writing. story. Or the, yeah, it's the it's a lot of like her improv is is hilarious and she kind of like fully commits to it. She has that like I'm just gonna ham it up and be the weird character that I am and you know and that lets you have a lot of fun with her. And meanwhile, you have your boring stock romantic characters who are destined to end at the end of the movie together. Yeah. You know, so it gives you a splash of color among things. So overall, I say they're equal in my opinion. Yeah, I again I'll say if you if you can listen to the audiobook, do it because. Their narrator does such a phenomenal job, and that's honestly, I think that's why I've I've listened to it. I will admit, probably like five or six times, and it's mostly because of her. I think because she does great accents, and her Miss Charming is just hilarious. Uh, but yeah, the movie. It I had seen the movie a couple years ago with my sisters because they had also read the book, and all of us got down and we were kind of like, meh. 
Because if, if we hadn't been doing this review, I would have never bothered watching it again. There, there are mediocre movies I'm willing to watch again, but that, that's one of those where it's like, there's no drive, honestly. But I will say it's not horrible. It's not like you're going to want to stab yourself watching it. Not like, what was that? The Hideaways uh, from the Mix-Up Files. God. That movie. Ooh. Just, yeah, it felt like such a, I don't know. It was so confusingly bad. Uh, anyway, uh, we want to announce our... Uh, well, did you have any emails? I didn't have any emails. Not for script to script. Uh, no, no, sadly. Please, people, send us emails and things. Well... Well, should we just say what our emails are right now? Sure. You're, feel free to send your misspelled missives to yes. Tim at anime-pulse.com. Or Vanessa at an- anime-pulse.com. Yay. You can also send tweets at me at AP underscore Vanessa underscore. Uh, I'm pretty good about responding to people. And especially since this recording probably wouldn't have happened without the help of Zeldera, one of our listeners who tweeted at me. Oh, you're doing a show tonight, which I wasn't aware of. So, thank you, Surprise! <laughs> for everyone. But yes, uh, so our next choice is a classic. And there's no excuse not to read this because it is free. It is in the public domain. Yes, that would be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And if you haven't read it, you should read it. Because it's a classic. Yes. That way you can at least tell everyone, well, I read classics. Just lord it over everyone, like people who watch classic films. Be like, uh, I've watched all of Kurosawa's films in order three times this weekend. What did you do? <laughs> watch watch your your mediocre Breaking Bad. Oh, you watch TV? I don't even own one. The, the, wait, how'd you watch the movie? Shut up. Got my iPhone. I, I use the Oculus Rift. It's the only way I watch movies. Uh, so yes, and the movie we'll be doing comparison of will be the 1954 Disney version. Yep. Because there are many, many versions of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So we figured we'd settle on one that's probably considered a classic. I've never seen it. Nor have I. Yeah. And until this year, I hadn't read the book either. So we'll we'll have to see how this all pans out. I'm curious. Yes. And I think this will actually be our first book that wasn't a native English novel as well. So that'll make things a little interesting. Let me say this right away. This is just one of those things that the reason you should, should read it at the very least is because in the, in the proper translation, he badmouths Nebraska. <laughs> okay. Apparently, a number of author, like translators from French, originally omitted this line or changed it, just said, just, I was in the territory of Nebraska. And no, he actually states, like, it's the disagreeable territory of, of Nebraska. So, that made me laugh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, who tuned in live. And yes. hopefully we'll see everyone and maybe another two people or so next time. Tally ho.